How should your lineups change in the wake of the Christian McCaffrey trade? What does Tua Tungavailoa's return mean for the other Dolphins uh, skill position players? And did one rookie tight end just stake his claim for a start in week seven? Plus, on consignment from Sportsline and the power ratings, we have Kenny White giving you all the NFL and college football betting advice you need for this weekend in just a few minutes. Then the second place team owners in the Football Guys Players Championship Mo Farunia and Nick Vagy will drop by to talk about drafting strategy, the potential breakout for Wandale Robinson, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Kenny White, Farrell Elliott, Mo Farunia, and Nick Vagy are all here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss Trevor Lawrence's prospects uh, against the Giants this week for maybe a spot start for all the great quarterbacks that are on by this week. Uh, we're going to talk about whether Alec Pierce makes for a, a good start this week as well. And Kenny White from Sportsline and the Power Ratings will join us in just a couple of minutes for some weekend betting tips in the NFL, as well as the college football landscape. And then Mo Farunia and Nick Vagy will drop by to talk about how they manage their only high-stakes team in 2022. It's their only FFPC high-stakes team ever. They have it in second place in the Football Guys Players Championship. was in first place last week in the Football Guys Players Championship. They just joined the FFPC in late August, and here they are on the precipice of $500,000 here uh, as we go into uh, to week seven. I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC weekly challenge. There's no draft in this. There's no salary cap. You can just choose uh, 10 players if you want to play the slim format without kickers or defenses, 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses, and just make sure you have them all logged in uh, in your lineup ready to go by kickoff on Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, $35 to enter, $200 to enter. Those are your two entry fees, your, your two uh, entry points on that. Uh, 30 team contest, 100 team contest. And uh, keep in mind, if you want to join the 10 team $200 entry, you're going to compete against nine other players for a 2023 FFPC main event entry where you can definitely play for a million bucks next year. Um, think about that. You have a 10% chance of winning a free entry into the main event. And let's be honest with you, if you're watching this show, you're already ahead of the game. So it's probably more like a 30 to 35% chance because you're taking advantage of all the people who don't watch this show. I don't know how official any of those stats are. But uh, but yeah, definitely take advantage of that. You can sign up for that at myffpc.com. Had a great Rotoviz high stakes lowdown earlier this week 
with one Ryan Santos at FF Links on Twitter. He is fifth place in the FFPC main event. He's got a lot of really good teams this year. Really good best ball guy, good dynasty guy too. So we'll definitely have him on again, especially in the offseason during the best ball drafting season uh, because he had a lot to share. Some good stuff about waivers, good stuff about lineups. So make sure you're checking that out. Rotoviz.com slash podcast, or you can watch the video feed at the FFPC YouTube channel, which is where we want you to like all the videos. We want you to subscribe to the channel. We want you to comment on the videos. We want you to share those videos and uh, get notified because the more you guys do that, uh, the better the channel grows, the faster it grows, and the better guests we have, the better content we have, just like right now, ladies and gentlemen. I want to introduce our uh, first guest coming on tonight. Uh, very special uh, guest. We're very excited to have him. He is the sports analyst CEO. You can enjoy all of his expertise, both at sportsline.com and the power ratings. You follow him on Twitter at KWhiteyVegas. Please welcome in world-famous sports handicapper, the Wizard of Oz himself, Kenny White. Kenny, welcome <laughs> in. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to hang out with us tonight. It's the Weekends this time of year have got to be just slam-jam busy for you. Well, it's the uh, – Eric, thanks for having me, first of all. But uh, the equinox of sports, uh, all the major sports playing at one time yesterday, today, tomorrow, and Sunday, four straight days. So, yeah, um, I'm working on all of them except for golf. I wish that was – maybe I should drop it all and just work on golf. But um, I'm working on all these sports, and I'm getting ready for college basketball. Uh, 362 teams now in D1 college basketball. Is this like sort of like the – the? this has got to be one of the top, what, four or five busiest weekends of the year for you with baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and now golf going on. It's got to be one of the busiest weekends of the year. Yeah, I, I would say I would say so. I just I think maybe even the last couple of weeks building up to this, uh, because I'm handicapping and and what I do since first time I'm with you is I individually power rate every player. So every player has an individual power rating. I add up the starters on that team, and that gets me the starting power rating for that team. I have offense, defense, special teams in football. Uh, every every player is rated out in different categories for what position they play and. My dad made these ratings up in the 70s, and I've been using them for 40 years now. And uh, they're very, very helpful. They're a great, they're a great foundation to, you know, being ready to bet. And I, I bet early because I like to bet those virgin lines. You know, once the lines are are bet into, they start to get a little bit more difficult to beat, and that's the bookmakers take more money at that number. But I like to bet those early numbers, so I'm I'm ready in an early every morning at 6 a.m. Uh, to bet hockey, NBA, whatever sport is up right now because I'm crunching numbers on all those. And I've got some models that I run that, you know, help me uh, save some time, but uh, it's uh, this last two weeks has been a grind. That's been, uh, you know, it's been fun, but it's, it's a lot of work and I'm, I'm ready for baseball to end. I'm really ready for college basketball to, to get started up. It, it, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's, it's, it, it always is, especially, I mean, this, this time of year, basketball and, and uh, you know, playoff baseball and, and certainly college basketball is going to take up a lot of your time as well. I want to shift it to, to NFL right now because we saw a blockbuster trade this week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey going from Carolina to San Francisco. How did that affect sort of how you looked at, at, at both of those games, quite frankly, this weekend, but especially that San Francisco, Kansas City game? Uh, it's a funny, it uh, affected both teams. Carolina, a point and a half drop from their power rating. And it raised San Francisco's a point and a half uh, on their power rating. And it, it cost Carolina a half a win. And it gained San Francisco a half a win. You And you would think, wow, a guy like Christian McCaffrey coming over, he should win more than one game or more than a half a game that should count for. But that's about all it, all it really is, uh, is a half a win, a point and a half to the power rating. And this weekend, 
Um, I didn't. I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, they've already had their practice. They got to walk through tomorrow. I'm not sure if he'll play this weekend or not. If he does, I don't know what type of factor you know he could be for that team. I know revenge factor is built in here. 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, but this is a tough game. The 49ers defense banged up a little bit, so really didn't do anything there. Uh, and I don't want to lay 13 with Tampa on the road. Uh, their offense is just struggling too much. I'm, I looked at even thinking maybe maybe the Panthers are actually worth a play here because they over-adjusted that line three points for McCaffrey being traded. So I, I look at it Carolina, but then I thought, you know what, wait on that. Maybe you can get a 14 and a half on Sunday. Do you, I mean, so obviously you want to attack those virgin lines, as you said. Do you do you all of a sudden, as soon as that trade goes down, as soon as you see that that line move, are you are you reattacking it then, like with that San Francisco Kansas City game? Yeah, if if I have a play on it, most definitely. Any anytime there's a change, there was you know I gain information every day from people. They you know send me from people send me injury information, so the, asking me what that player is worth. So it's great for me that I can tell them what the player is worth, and they're giving me information whether somebody's going to play or not. So today, uh, a good friend told me. Tanner Morgan may not play for Minnesota this weekend. Uh, he's worth three and a half points of the betting line. And then uh, another guy sent me an injury information that Kent State's starting quarterback was out. And that was a five-point difference. And I'd already taken 19 with Akron, but went back and took 17 and a half uh, today. And I think this number is down to 14, 14 and a half now. So, um, you know, information is king in this game as well. But uh you know, sometimes you don't need it if you get down early. If you have the information early and you get down early, um, you're going to get better numbers. I, I get, I, you'd be shocked at some of the totals that I bet Sunday at Circa um, I, in college football that I have. I have a 12 point difference on one total that I bet, a 10 point difference on another. And I would say on average, I probably gained about four to five points on my college totals. Um, Tua Tungavailoa returns this week, Kenny, for for the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. I'm look the the movement I've seen in this Dolphins open up at six and a half. I see it up to seven and a half right now. Um, and, and I'm wondering if if this is something where we are going to see this line continue to grow because people are getting excited about this Tungavailoa return. Obviously, with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, they're excited about the Dolphins offense. How do you see th- this uh, the line sort of playing out all the way up until kickoff on Sunday night? Yeah, as I said, you know, I like to get down early, but you know, betting late on on the NFL on Sundays is another favorite of mine. So I like to bet when the number first goes up, and I like to bet the number when the game's just about to close. And in-game wagering's actually made things a lot easier now that you don't have to be to the wire. That you know, I could actually even get a better number on these games. So Miami, you're right, is going to be one of the sexy picks this weekend. That's going to be the number one teaser team. Uh, on the board uh, for the entire weekend. Sportsbooks are going to need the Steelers to win straight up. Uh, They're also going to need them to cover the spread because I think this number will go through eight and a half to nine, maybe Mm. nine and a half could hit 10 because this is a very popular pick this weekend. I've heard a lot of people talking about the Dolphins. So I'm going to wait. I'm not that high on them. I don't like laying points in the NFL. Uh, These teams don't care about covering point spreads. They just care about winning Eric. So, I don't want to. I don't want to lay points when you lay seven and a half and you lose and the Dolphins win. They're happy. They went home happy and you're going home sad. So <laughs> I, I'd rather be on the underdog and um, uh, and winning the game. So I'll, I'll be looking to take the Steelers in this one. Um, if I can get eight and a half or nine, I'll wait to get that. I'll probably take seven and a half if I have to. But I think I'm going to get a better number. 
the Wizard of Odds, Kenny White, at KWhiteyVegas uh, uh, on Twitter right now um, is where you can follow him. And, of course, Sportsline.com, the power ratings, uh, KennyWhiteSports.com as well. Um, the Week 7 slate in general, what have you seen? What what have people been – what do you think most people are going in on? What has you most excited right now? I've got three games that I uh, played right now. I don't, I don't play a lot of NFL. I, mean, I'm, I am a volume player, especially in college, but not as much in the in professional sports. I try to pick and choose. I played one total. Uh, Detroit and Dallas, I went over 49 in that game. Uh, Detroit's offense has been good all year, fifth ranked in yards per play. Defense number 32, we get Dak back. Uh, this will be a perfect defense for Dak. Uh, I think he lights up the scoreboard this weekend. And the Lions, uh, I, I think the, the Dallas defense is a little bit of a paper uh, tiger at third and the best yards per play. I don't believe they're that good. I am ranked 10th best in the NFL with my player power rating. So they're still good. They're just not great. I think Goff will put up some points with that offense. So that one over. I like Washington uh, plus the points. I'm really fading Green Bay. Um Probably get caught in the switches because uh, truth be told, I've had them the last two weeks against the Giants and Jets and lost both those. I didn't bet that. I actually didn't lay the points. I teased both times because love teasing down, crossing four key numbers with a good team and a great quarterback. And uh, that, that Green Bay really cost me in teasers. Now here I am against them. Uh, the only thing that gave me hope about the commanders, they're coming off a win. So uh, problems with the organization. But you know what? The players, they don't hear the noise. They just go out and play. They're professionals. Uh, the drop off to Taylor Heineke is only a point and a half. Um, so this game, I think Green Bay's just got problems on both sides. I'm reading about the defense uh, is better when they play man, but they're playing zone 85% of the time. The offense uh, is the, the play calling has been horrible this year. And the wide receiver play is the weakest in the NFL. So I played Washington. The last one I took Indianapolis, same season home revenge. And um, they're better on both sides of the football. They're ranked higher in yards for playing offense. And defensively, it's not even close. The Colts, number eight in yards per play allowed. We're Tennessee, number 31. Um, you are uh, a college football expert on this, too. And I know a lot of our uh, high-stakes fantasy football players that play dynasty fantasy football are glued to the televisions all day Saturday, looking at the players that they might be drafting in their rookie drafts the following year. And as a result, come uh, become pretty big college football fans. What are you looking at tomorrow that has you really jacked up? Yeah, well, that, that Akron game that uh, I mentioned earlier, um, I, I played that on the money line. Um, they're playing Kent State, their biggest rival. Uh, Kent State's not a very good football team, uh, one of the weaker defenses in college football, and now their quarterback's out, four-and-a-half-point player. Um, this game, I mentioned, open 19. It's down to 14-and-a-half. Um, I, I made the game, you know, I hate to say sometimes when I'm this far off, but, you know, it, it works, and, um, I made I made Kent State three in the game. I, I think that's a field goal game. It comes down to the wire. That's a, that's a big one. But I had the same thing last week. Colorado fired their coach, and they I knew they just couldn't be that bad. They were just not playing football for Carl Durrell. As soon as he got fired, uh, they were a 17-point underdog last week, and they won straight up. And I had actually made Colorado one in the game and had a big money line bet on them last week. So uh, those, those do happen. Uh, uh, they do come up. Some of the other big games I have this weekend, I took Liberty uh, plus seven against BYU. Uh, BYU off that Arkansas loss, uh, four and three now. Not sure how much they have to play for. Um, Liberty's very, very well coached, solid defensive team. So I think they'll be in the game the entire way. Um, I took UNLV plus 26 and a half points against Notre Dame. Uh, these situations I love because 
You got a team in Notre Dame that averages 23 and a half points per game, and yet they're laying 26 and a half points. So they're going to win this football game, but I just don't think uh, that offense can put up enough points uh, to cover a point spread of 26 and a half. Uh, I played UCLA. Uh, a lot of people love Oregon, um, but Chip Kelly's got his best team. They're undefeated. Um, I think it's going to be a war against Oregon uh, this weekend and plus six and a half. I, I thought it was too much. Some people would say maybe I should have waited to get seven. I thought it was going to come down. I only made the game Oregon two and a half of the game. So I think it's a, a field goal game. I think that'll be a really good game to watch. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, KYD Vegas. Uh, you can check them out on Sportsline. Check them out on the power ratings as well. But the best place to go, Kenny, KennyWhiteSports.com, right? Yeah, that's it. And, you know, the power ratings, Eric, is the best value in sports. It's $20 a month, and you get my power ratings for all the sports that are playing and all the projected lines for every game that hasn't been played. So you'll see every NFL line for the rest of the season. So if you're a fantasy guy and you want to go see who's playing who and what the line's going to be and what the total's going to be, I've already made them for every single game the entire year. It's tremendous stuff. I mean, listen, they don't call you a wizard for nothing. We certainly <laughs> appreciate you carving out some time and a busy weekend for you. I don't know what's next. Probably more work for you. Sneak a nap in, Kenny. Thank you so much for joining us. I program. will try. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Have a great weekend, Eric. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You too, Kenny. Kenny White, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at Kenny White, uh, I beg your pardon, at KYD Vegas on both Twitter and Facebook. KennyWhiteSports.com. You already check out all his work with the power ratings and sports line. Always good to hear from him. Always good to hear from my co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, KFFSC.com's own Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, buddy. Hey, baby. You know, uh, Kenny, I, I really like Kenny. I, I found it semi-humorous that he used Carolina and power rating in the same sentence. But I guess, every, you know, it, it's kind of like Animal House. Uh, Mr. Potarski, you have no grade point average. That's <laughs> how I kind of feel about the Panthers, right? <laughs> well, it's true, and we'll get into it too. Uh, not, I mean, I would say this is probably going to be the most Panther-centric show we've done, and probably for not real. Uh, well, oh. it, it might be, and it's not probably for the reason Panthers fans want to hear mm -hmm. because their beloved Christian McCaffrey switched coasts on them this week, and we'll get into that with our guests tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring them in uh, right now. They they play in a dozen leagues, but only one high stakes fantasy football league with the ffpc in fact fantastic they they weren't even they hadn't even joined the ffpc and played in a contest until late august when they signed up for a football guys team it's their only team and it's in second place overall <laughs> in the football guys players championship this year as these guys are chasing a half million bucks please welcome into the show mo farunia and of course uh nick veggie veggie I knew I was going to get that wrong. You can move. Welcome in, guys. How are you? Wonderful. How about you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We're excited to have you on. This is cool. this is exciting stuff. So now, before we get into it, I want to get the baseball stuff out of the way. Now, Nick, in one of the photos I, I have of you, were you wearing a Milwaukee Brewers hat in that photo? Yes. So Mo and I and another buddy were in Milwaukee for a bachelor party, and <laughs> we went to a Milwaukee Brewers game, and... You know, why not get some uh, swag get while some we're gear. there? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So you're not a fan. You just like the hat. You like the, the hat. Logo. It was cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I had to rep them. Go we'll, Guardians. We'll take it. We'll take it. Go um, all right. So let's get into this. Um, for Mo, I want you to answer this question first. When you guys are not chasing this $500,000 uh, grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship, 
Mo, tell us what you're doing for a living. And then Nick, we want to hear what, what you're doing for a living as well. Yeah, for sure. So I, I live in Cleveland, uh, work as uh, Associate Director of Development at Cleveland Clinic, focusing primarily on uh, fundraising for cancer research. But I'm also getting my MBA and diving a bit into the innovations in med tech startup space. Sorry, just had to add my own swag here. Oh, yeah. man. Wanted to put it on. Yeah, so everybody can see it. <laughs> Repping my brewers that failed to make it to the postseason uh, this year. But Nick, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I love, love the hat. Uh, well, not as cool as Mo, uh, but I live here in Seattle, Washington with my wife and two dogs. Uh, I work for uh, Amazon as a supply chain uh, program manager. Yeah, you know, guys, I think a lot of our listeners will watch this later, as will I, because if someone asks me what I I've got a, a wedding to go to and, you know, people keep asking you what you do. And I'm going to exactly tell them I do what Mo just said, because that's so very impressive. I would be the highlight of the weekend. I started to say, you know, when Bonky asked that question, what are you doing? It, 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 when you're not chasing this, well, I would say you're sitting around wishing you had bought more teams because, but, but quite honestly, it seems like your endeavors and your time is being well spent as it is with your team here. I am summarily impressed. Well, here we are at this point in time and you have this lofty status. Balky, how many teams is it that they're uh, second? How many teams? Yeah, in it's, it's just under 15,000 teams. Just under 15,000 yeah. teams, guys, which I, I think we need to point that out. 15,000 teams, you guys are in second place. One team, first team, August 29th for a guy that has 10 teams in the same contest and was drafting since July 4th and put a ton of, of labor in it. It's just, I'm yeah. But do you guys, do you guys watch on Sunday? Do you, do you watch the red zone? Oh yeah. You, you know, around three o'clock when, when the, the moderator of the red zone, he says it's witching hour. And I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, as Balky says, here you are on a high stake show, right? Moving into Halloween. I think we're at the witching hour. So you have to be very impressed with where you are. And how has that ride been? And then how are you going to stay there? Yeah, um, honestly, it's been awesome. So first, got to give a shout out to my buddy, Mike Belsito. He's a co-manager of the team with his best friend for nearly a decade. And he's told me all about the FFPC. And for the last two or three years or so, I've talked with Nick about getting a team together, but timing just never worked out. So for this being our first time in our first year and our only entry and having the number one spot last week and number two as of last week, it's it's been pretty awesome. I mean, so Nick sad. and I, we've, we've competed against each other in leagues for 15 years, but it's awesome being able to actually like strategize and collaborate and mm -hmm. um, definitely different for a change, but I mean, half a mil is a pretty awesome incentive yeah. too. But we do know it's, it's a long season. So we've got to weather the buys, weather the injuries and watch the waiver wire, but all we got to do is stay near the top and in contention and hopefully we've got a shot. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It's it's a long season, uh, guys, but it's even a longer season when your best team is in 4,000th and 11th place where I am. So I just want to give you, you know, just just want to throw that out there. It's it's longer from my point of view. Yeah, that, that that's top half, Farrell. You're, you're all set. That's, yeah, you'll make your move in a little bit. Okay. Um, 
so so Nick, let's talk about this because you guys found out, and I don't know, like as far as when your draft happened, I don't know how close it filled um, to when the actual draft started. I don't know if it was like delayed to get it to fill or, or whatever. So I don't know how much time you guys had to talk and strategize, but you found out you're getting the four pick in this draft. You didn't take a receiver until round five, and you opted on uh, instead in those first four rounds to make sure you had the the first quarterback off the board, Josh Allen, and the second tight end off the board in Mark Andrews. So talk a little bit about what, I don't know how, how little or how much there was with the pre-draft strategy that you and Mo were talking about, Nick. Yeah. So we had a little bit of a, an overarching strategy, but at the end of the day, we were just going to go in and try to go with the best player that's available while trying to be a little cute, but going with what we know works. Like you said, at the start of the show, uh, or at the start of us coming on, we're in about a dozen leagues between us. Mo and I have been in a lot of different leagues together. So we know what works from those different experiences uh, versus uh, you know what doesn't work. So we knew that we wanted to come in, get one of the consistent elite tight ends. We knew that we wanted to come in and get arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league currently. Um, obviously, picking fourth was interesting because you get a good pick. You're in the top five. You can generally get kind of whoever you want. But you always have to worry about that swing back right on the second round and so that's why we went with uh austin eckler we wanted to originally go with justin jefferson we knew that he was going to have probably a pretty solid year this year i think everyone was kind of saying that and thinking it uh but unfortunately he got picked uh third so just before us so we wanted to go with someone who was going to give us a good ppr you could argue cooper cup could have been a great choice who went just after us but we wanted to go with an RB1 that you know that you can rely on. That Chargers offense is pretty solid. Uh, you know, So why not go with someone who we know is going to get consistent uh, dump-off passes and get some good yardage? Unfortunately, he tore up the Browns defense when, uh, when we were playing them. But we'll take it because it gave us a pretty good week that week. So uh, we knew that we wanted to get an elite tight end and an elite quarterback. And we were willing to maybe reach a little bit in some standards. But here we are now. Hmm. Here we are now. Here we I, are now. My last question was to Mo. So, Nick, if you don't mind, but Mo, you can jump in and answer this too. I, I guess you guys collaborate on your free agency moves. And you got one team. And, you know, one of the bank, one, one of the difficulties of, of Wednesday and, and Saturday night for fantasy players in the, in the FFPC, the football guys tournament, is, is managing those waiver wires. And you guys have one team. And I, you know, I look at what you did in the draft and, um, you know, I recognize that here in Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm from, the state of Kentucky's gift to the NFL and to fantasy football was one uh, Wandale Robinson. Uh, here in Kentucky, you could not get Wandale Robinson high enough. In, in, in Las Vegas, I tried to get him in the 12th round, as I recall, and he was drafted by another Kentuckian uh the bulky, our, our uh, Jamie Cox got it. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, so you guys made the unforgivable rookie mistake of dropping uh, wonderful Wandale. But here's what you did. And and I, I imagine you approach free agency the next week, hanging your head somewhat in shame, but you somehow went in to reacquire this player. <laughs> and and I, I'm so proud of that because you weren't stubborn about it. You, you, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, if you were playing against Balky or, or, or me or so we, we, we'd look at you guys and we would say, Hey, you know what? Let's teach those guys a lesson. They're not going to get away with you. We're dropping Wondell Robinson, but 
you know, to teach a lesson, you got to learn a lesson. And, and Balky and I have learned the hard way over many, many years. So congratulations that you went back in to get Wandale. So my questions are, what with Wandale in the future? You had to love what you saw last week. I think he is going to get you through the witching hour of free agency, of uh, bye weeks, and keep you out of free agency uh, because I don't think you can keep this luck going. But what do you think about Wandell? What do you, you know, what do you want to, did you have like an old crap moment when you realized that you shouldn't have dropped him? Did you have to go in and spend a bunch of fab money? I'll quit asking a, a long-winded question. And what do you both want to tell me about your Wandell Robinson misadventures? Well, you know, we wanted Wandell from the start and that's why we drafted him. And we think we got pretty lucky in the 13th round. We snagged him. Uh, and we wanted to hold on to him uh, through uh, the season until he got past his injury. But we found ourselves in kind of a tight situation where we were trying to plan ahead and ensure that we can get a quarterback and a defense and a kicker off of free agency. And Wandell, because of his injury, didn't really perform at all this year. So we were thinking that we would be able to drop him, pick up who we needed for that immediate week, and then get him again once that week ended. Okay. And we didn't really expect him to go off the way he did and get no. all the attention that he did, which oh, is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he can keep that going. We would love to see it. Uh, but as, unfortunately we did have to spend a little bit more than we were kind of planning or, or strategizing on, but yeah, I'll turn it over to Mo too. Yeah. Honestly, we just knew we had a lot of fab money left over. So we're like, all right, let's plan ahead. As Nick said, maybe drop a guy that's injured. Of mm -hmm. course he came back and performed. So, uh, since we had some extra fat, money, we decided to splurge a bit and make sure we got our guy and didn't lose him. Yeah, I want to hear about that extra fab money around week eleven. But we'll, we'll check back with you on that. Um, and this is this is exciting because I think you guys you had a great Wednesday night in the on the football guys waiver wire here. Not only do you get Kenyon Drake, and then you find out that J.K. Dobbins is going to be out four to six weeks. Yeah, that's good. Me getting scoped. But you get Farrell's. Um, the, I, I believe he's the, either the price, uh, the president, or the vice president of the Chase Claypool fan club. You get him off the waiver. So you're adding Drake and Claypool. And Mo, I got to ask you. I mean, no. Drake is is probably making us a, a strong case to be in your starting lineup, as good as your team is. But Claypool too. I mean, this is a guy that you're going to have to look at now for week seven. It was a big waiver night, and now the tough decisions come in. Yeah, honestly, it's it's great just having rotation and depth at both of those positions, you know, and you can never have enough depth at the running back position. And quite honestly, we'll probably use Kenyon Drake in the flex um, as needed, maybe even this week since Dobbins is out. But um, we'll see what happens with Gus. It's, it's tough to say if we decide to play him this week, though. Um, but if both he and Andrews dominate against the Browns, I guess me and Nick will be happy either way. Uh, don't want to see the Browns lose, but obviously want to see this this team do well. Um, and I have Farrell, I know you're a Claypool fan, obviously the president of the fan club, but as a Steeler, I hate to say he's a solid player. Uh, he's putting up numbers this year, or uh, he finally is uh, as of last week, and hopefully he'll do that for our squad. And we're really lacking at the receiver position, so glad that we can actually get some depth there. And uh, we know, again, coming into buys and with injuries, we'll be rotating out the receiver core quite a bit. Balky, every year before we head to Las Vegas, I say my prayers to St. Uh, Cajetan, uh, patron saint of the 
gamblers, bankers, and people taking chances. And I, uh, you know, uh, I asked for an easy trip in the FFPC. And, you know, here these guys show up and play their first first league after, as in Nick's words, it just didn't work out. You know, and, you know, we're planning our entire year around it. These guys just didn't work out. But now it did work out. They're going to play every year. But I'll be damned. Who gets to play in a league where the where the other 11 teams let you reacquire Wondell Robinson and then put Claypool out for – I I don't get it. I, I am <laughs> – I am really, really impressed, guys. Hey, it's but this is a subnormal situation that you guys are experiencing. That's all I can say. <laughs> Riding the waves because you're catching um, the perfect ones, and I'm glad to see that uh, while some of your other uh, league mates could not stand prosperity, that you guys are embracing it. They're they're embracing uh, uh, prosperity down in. Uh, uh, down in Atlanta, they've got some running backs, and they like to run the ball. The whole coaching staff comes out of Tennessee where they had Derrick Henry. So they've got a guy named Huntley, who is the poor man's Derrick Henry, yet to catch a pass in the league, but he sure runs the ball well. You guys know who they've got. They've got a pass-receiving, uh, interesting running back, a smaller player named Avery Williams. Uh, but we all want to see um, – but we we all want to see our uh, oh, bulky. What's what's our other back there that's injured? Our Cordero our, Patterson. Uh, yes, Patterson, our hybrid yeah. wide receiver running back. We all want to see him get back on that team. What are you doing with this team, including the BYU product, Tyler Algar? What 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 are you doing with these players, and how are you putting them to use for you? Yeah, honestly, we we ended up drafting Patterson, and we're good damn happy about it. I mean, he was solidifying our flex position up until that injury, but honestly, I mean, he's, he's a beast. Age doesn't matter. He's a flexible athlete. He fills every role, mm-hmm. uh, rushing, receiving, um, even after being on IR and not playing since week four, he's still ranked number 26 at running back. So we're excited for him to come back again, solidify that flex. Um, Mariota's playing decent football. He's going through his reads, mm-hmm. uh, checking down as uh, as needed. So Patterson will fit in just fine when he gets back. Not too concerned about the committee. Aspect. Do you have any of these other guys? No. Patterson's the only guy on our roster uh, from the Falcons. But um, So, again, not too concerned about the committee aspect. Um, but we'll just have to see how it plays out once he comes back. You know, this this is, Nick, the, the first year that you guys have been playing in the FFPC, and, and I don't know how high stakes your other leagues get, but but as far as like a tournament this big, as far as playing for this kind of cash, what's been the biggest adjustment that, that you guys have had to make as opposed to, I'm assuming, like the closed, you know, 10, 12, 14 team leagues that that you, you've been playing for the last, you know, decade or whatever? Yeah, you know, and we definitely need to try to uh, approach it a little bit differently, more so in a sense of competing against complete strangers. So like you said, we have our home leagues, the same 10, 12, 14 teams uh, year in and year out. We kind of know how everyone thinks and who they would pick at certain places but we and who they would even acquire, who they would try to target, how much they would be willing to spend. Uh, but here in this higher stakes league with complete strangers, we really needed to try to take a step back and be maybe a little bit more cautious and, and aware of how other people might react given different news that comes up, right? Like Wandale 
probably shouldn't have dropped him, right? Knowing that people were going to try to go after him. And I think that we uh, definitely outbid someone, but teams were going after him. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that we've been trying to adjust is just the the lack of, of unknown. And the other piece too is the scoring, um, right? The one and a half PPR for tight ends. Uh, that's not how we have some other leagues. And so we had to really keep that in mind. And again, we got Mark Andrews in the second round. So uh, important to try to get a tight end that's going to get those receptions week in and week out, even if it is a little bit early. Balky, are you paying any attention to, to some of the comments that we're getting in? Nick, you're, you're developing quite a fan club over here. I mean, yeah. everybody loves Mo too, but, you know. How can you not? It, it, do you have a side gig doing voiceovers, Nick? Uh, no, we, but if you guys need someone else, we, we, uh, we let have, me know. Well, I've got some agents that possibly get you. So. Let's so, do it. But, okay. Now, previously, um, we would have questions that has to do with J.K. Dobbins on this show. And J.K. Dobbins is now injured and no longer so. Uh, Balky has spared me J.K. Dobbins and is giving me, or the producer has given me, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, one of the least exciting uh, individuals that I think to talk about in all of football. I may be uh, down on Robbie Anderson, but he was on the, he was on the field last night on a short week uh, in the red zone. Uh, what are your thoughts about Robbie Anderson and what he will do? going forward, especially since a high-profile Hollywood Brown wide receiver is no longer part of uh, the immediate plans of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one because there's so much unknown, going back to that word, within the Cardinals locker room right now. You have suspensions, you have injuries, uh, you have new players coming into new schemes. So who knows? But at the end of the day, Kyler Murray is throwing about 40 attempts per week. Ah. Yes. Yes. DeAndre Hopkins is coming in and he's going to do what DeAndre Hopkins does. Like as we saw last night, but at the end of the day, that's still plenty of love to go around, especially to a Robbie Anderson, who just a couple of years ago was able to put up some pretty big numbers, both in fantasy and in, you know, Mm -hmm. the actual NFL. So we feel confident. Uh, We were actually right on the cusp of dropping Robbie Anderson Mm. before this happened. Uh, So good thing we didn't find ourselves in another Wandale Robinson situation. Uh, but you know, we feel confident that there's enough to go around within that Cardinals offense. A uh, cu- couple of emails here, Nick, I'll, I'll throw this first one to you and I'll, Mo, I'll have you answer the second one. The first one's from Jeff in Syracuse, New York. Um, no, I beg your pardon. This is from Dave in Los Angeles. My apologies. Um, this one's for you, Nick. Is there any running back worth rostering much less starting in Carolina now? Thanks guys. That's Dave in Los Angeles. It's Deontay Foreman. It's Chuba Hubbard. And another guy, Farrell that that is escaping me right now. Um, oh, I want to say Blackshear or something like that. Um, oh, Raheem Blackshear, Virginia Tech. There you go. Yes, um, it, Black Blackshear and uh, Beamer. I think if you have that last name, you you have some sort of relative or somebody that attended Virginia Tech and either played or coached in football for the Hokies at some point. Um, okay, so uh, Nick, uh, what are you thinking about the Carolina running back game now that Christian McCaffrey's gone? Well, we just dropped Hubbard, and we're kind of kicking ourselves. When that oh, news yeah. came out overnight, I, th- I remember Mo and I texting overnight into the morning like, damn, we just dropped that guy. <laughs> but we do think Foreman would be a good pickup uh, if he is still available. At the end of the day, Carolina brought in Foreman because they didn't trust Hubbard. Uh, they're still in the NFL offense. Unfortunately, they have Baker Mayfield there behind uh, you know, center when he is healthy. Uh, sorry, we got to do a little Browns plug there. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's going to get touches here and there. Um, even if they're dump off passes, if you're in a league that's a full point PPR, 
uh, you could get some points and it doesn't hurt to keep him on the bench. Uh, worst case scenario, you drop him after a few weeks, but I think the gamble is worth it to try to go after Foreman. Uh, Farrell, I, I should point out too, I was looking after that trade late last night. Foreman was available in a few of my Kentucky leagues. So I put in some pretty, pretty good bids on him uh, tonight. We'll see if I get him. I don't know. It, it may have, it may work. It may not, it may not. I, I, it, the thing is like, sometimes you win the bid, but you lose the decision. <laughs> we'll see what happens with, with Foreman going forward. Um, all right, Mo, this one's for you. It's from Jim in Greensboro, North Carolina uh, to start or sit. So he's got to decide as his flex. It looks like it's between Gallup and Mostert. Michael Gallup at home against the Lions or Raheem Mostert, who is actually at home also on Sunday night against the uh, against the Steelers. So you have to, I'm assuming full PPR. We always assume full PPR in all these emails. Um, but what would you do for your flex? Is it Gallup or Mostert this week? Yeah, that that's tough because you know you love playing a running back. You get the you get the best of both worlds. You get the dump downs and the PPR. But you gotta go Gallup. I mean, Detroit's D is just terrible. <laughs> you know they're gonna put up numbers, so you know that they've got to compete. I think Gallup's gonna gonna score some points. And, and Nick, are you on, on the same side as Gallup? Because I think Farrell might have a rebuttal here. Maybe not. No, I, I'm, I'm all Gallup. I have okay. in another league, Dak Prescott. So I'm, I'm hoping for some big things there. Farrell, Farrell Gallup? Yeah, I truly love Gallup in that situation. You can't argue it, especially if there are some concerning uh, health problems with C.D. Lamb. Uh, that, that even makes that a little better play. Mostert is hard to sit down in any situations, but, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that, um, I, you know, I'm really hoping we're in a situation in most cases where I can play a wide receiver at that flex position and one with one with such a, a nice start as Gallup. Uh, if I can't get Mostert into my running back position, I, you know, these questions, sometimes you can read get what the, what the writer is thinking by who they list first in these, but I would say go back to your running backs and make sure They've got a better matchup than Mostert does. I, I always and, and and not that this is a blanket thing, but oftentimes when full PPR, it's a running back or a receiver, and it's close for me. I usually break ties in favor of the receiver. Not always, mm -hmm. but in this case, I would. I'm with you guys as well. Hey, we got a couple of questions from the chat here, and uh, the the YouTube chat has been chewing over them, uh, but I want to uh, give you guys an opportunity to answer them as well. Uh, Andrew has to start two of these guys. So you're benching one of these players, and it's tough, man. I mean, he's got Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, and Kenneth Walker this week, and he can't play all three. Uh, congratulations, Andrew, on a really good team. Uh, but you look at that squad right now, and or you look at, at the decisions that he has to make right now. Chris Godwin is in Carolina this week. You have T. Higgins playing uh, this week against the Falcons at home, and then Kenneth Walker for uh, Seattle is going to be going up against the Chargers in Los Angeles. So, Nick, which one of those which one of those guys are you benching for Andrew? Uh, honestly, I think I'm going to be benching Godwin, and that's tough, but I know he's been injured this year. He hasn't proven a ton, but it's hard to go against Higgins when he's against the Falcons. You know it's going to be airing it out a little bit there. Uh, the, the Buccaneers are probably going to get up uh, uh, early, so they might not be airing the ball out that much. And then at the end of the day, you got to keep Walker in there. He's just putting up too many great numbers. Mo, are you also are, are you also playing Walker and, and T. Higgins here? I I would probably have to bench Higgins. Honestly, it's hard to say, but too many options on that on that team. And um, Godwin's a monster. 
uh, Kenneth Walker putting up a lot of big numbers. So I, I think I'd go Higgins, but that's that's me being a bit biased because I benched him in favor of another guy in one of my other leagues as well. I I think this one this question to me on the surface is a little bit easier to answer than the other one. Um, PPR Christian Kirk who's taking on the Giants or Brian Robinson who hosts the Packers this week. For me, I'm playing Kirk here. I, I love what he's been able to do in that offense. It's not just it's not just a pretty contract. He's actually putting up the numbers in Jacksonville, and I still worry about the JD McKissick factor. Obviously, Antonio Gibson's going to be involved as well. Um, so I, I'm playing Christian Kirk. Mo, would you also play Kirk over Brian Robinson? Yeah, to me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, quite shocked, honestly, what the Jags have been doing on offense. And Kirk, like you said, earning that money. So got to go with Kirk there. Nick, what about you? Yeah, right there with you. Too too many variables there in that uh, running back room uh, with the commanders. Farrell, is it a consensus Christian Kirk over Brian Robinson? I think so. I'm a little bit like Mo. I'm quite shocked by what the Jags are doing. I'm shocked they can be so good, and I'm shocked they can be so bad. And you know, <laughs> one of these days they're going to land right in the middle. But you've got a you you've got a real uh, uh you you've got a real spectrum of outcomes there. But I'm I'm betting with you, Christian Kirk is is my guy in that situation. Farrell, final question for Nick and Oh, uh, guys, yeah. Before the chat room steals them all, uh, it's and I, I really I want to say. Um, you know, here in Louisville, Kentucky, the KFFSC, we have a great pool from Cleveland. Some of the greatest fantasy players in the world come from Cleveland, and you are proving that here tonight. Uh, I want you to come to Kentucky and play, and I want you to meet these guys. Uh, you know, win or lose, we'll have bourbon. So, you know, our sub, one of our sub uh, uh, taglines is win or lose, we'll have the boots. So, you know, we've got that <laughs> for it. you. So, okay. So, what is the player? Who is the player that is an excellent, excellent player, a real stud, but you just, you know, you're tempted to move him out of your lineup this week. And then who is the sleeper? The, the sleeper that nobody's thinking of, the Ben Skoranek, the, uh, the the Johnson kid from New Orleans, who, by the way, Danny Mueller picked up and played against me, Eric Bauchman, oh. last night after he did not win bids on three other tight ends. In <laughs> to see. Guys, those are the guys I'm playing against. You guys have guys dropping Claypool, and I'm playing against this guy. But, yeah, I digress. Talk to me, sir, about uh, bust and sleepers. Uh, Mo, you go first. We'll, we'll finish up. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely finish up with you now. Yeah, I think uh, starting with the bus, this might not be news, but I've got to go with two guys, and it's honestly pretty weird to say, but I think the era for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is up as QB1s in fantasy. Um, still pretty shocking for Russ, um, especially having all those weapons, getting all that money. You would think that they'd be doing well, but I think uh, six weeks is long enough of a trial period. You've got to sit them. Um, for the sleeper, uh, going to cheat a bit. We've already talked about this guy, Farrell, you're going to be real happy, but, um, we've got him on our roster. We picked him back up. Wandale Robinson, uh -huh, uh -huh. Stud, stud rookie, virtually the only option at receiver on a damn good giants team. So, uh, he can really solidify himself as a wide receiver one and a top option in fantasy, but, uh, we sure as hell hope so. That's for sure. You probably will be rewarded, sir. What about you, Nick? Yeah, you know, I think from a benching standpoint, there's been a lot of discussion back and forth on the Jaguars offense between ETN or James Robinson. 
And for a while there, James Robinson was still showing that he was probably that running back one. But I think this is the week that we have a turning point. ETN truly does take over. If you look at most fantasy football platforms right now, they have James Robinson projected with more points. But I really do think that if you have both of those players on your roster, you need to go ETN. Uh, maybe not drop James Robinson, but move him to the bench uh, and, and keep him just in case as some insurance. But I really think that ETN is the way to go uh, and and put James Robinson in the back seat. Now, in terms of a sleeper, tight end. We were talking about it earlier with Mark Andrews and how important it is. I think Kate Otten has a pretty big mm-hmm. opportunity here. Uh, you've got Cameron Brait, who is probably going to be out. He has a head injury, a neck injury, and those are generally hard to overcome. So a really um, bad mustache. A, a terrible yeah, mustache, yeah. right? Exactly. That's so Kate Otten's going to be able to come in. He's going to be able to uh, show what he can do this week, and he'll solidify himself. He's a young player as well, so he's going to be – should be healthy, knock on wood. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be your sleeper there. Um, sleepers no more in the Football Guys Players Championship are Mo Farunia and Nick Vagie. Uh, it, it, so great that, that you guys could come on. I, I know when you joined the FFPC back in – late August, you had no idea that less than two months later, you would be essentially being guests on, on the FFPC's flagship podcast because you guys are crushing it so much. I certainly hope you continue to crush it. I certainly hope you guys are in the thick of it at the end. And hey, why not? I hope you win that $500,000 check and bring that home. And I also, and I'll say this on a micro level, here's to the uh, Browns beating surviving Kenyon Drake's four touchdown game and getting a big win for you guys while Drake still helps you. And, and another sleeper guys, because bulky, you guys said that you had a co-manager. You had a third guy. Oh, nope. Nope, just, just the two of us. Yeah. I'm hearing things again, bulky. <laughs> it's that whiskey. It's, yeah. it's the bourbon. It's the it's too much bourbon. I've said that <laughs> so many bourbon. times in my life. Uh, guys, listen, thank you so much. Be good. Enjoy your weekend and good luck in week seven and the rest of the way. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Shout out Cleveland's Finest and Smooth Brain Gang. There you go. Getting the shout outs in. He's a pro, like you said, Farrell. He's he's got a he's got a future in this business. Just slick and cool. And you know, they they play off each other very, very well. You know, I we we gotta get these guys to Vegas. We've got to get these guys to Kentucky. They seem like they have many obligations, but perhaps if we start on them soon enough, uh, we can get them here before my hair turns gray. (laughs) Exactly. All right, a uh, couple of more start sit uh, emails that we got in tonight that we should get through and help the listeners out. Uh, this one, hey, now, we helped them last week. We did, oh, yeah. That well, double I, I tight we, end thing—that was good advice we gave them. Yes, absolutely. I thought we were we had a high batting average last week. Let's keep it up this week. Right. Jeff in Syracuse, New York. Now we'll get to your email, dear Farrell and Balky. Should I still feel good about playing Christian McCaffrey this week after his trade? My other option is Travis Etienne against the Giants. Thanks so much, Jeff in Syracuse, New York. This comes down to fundamentally what we believe McCaffrey is going to be doing on the field and how many snaps he's going to be out there. The, the reports um, that, that I've been seeing both locally and nationally, it seems like he's going to be playing in the red zone. Um, I don't know how much action he'll get in between the 20s, but I think that this could be one of those cases where um, we won't necessarily think that we're going to see a ton of them, but I think once the game gets going, I think he's going to be out there more. I cannot bench McCaffrey for Travis Etienne this week. I still hold out hope. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game between the Niners and Chiefs as well. So, yeah, I'm playing McCaffrey over Etienne. No, and our friend, he's from Syracuse, New York. He's got to go back and look at his roster because he he's making a mistake if he's starting any other players in front of these two. He can find the spot. 
because these both these players can score the ball from anywhere on the field. McCaffrey's going to be in the red zone. When McCaffrey's on the field, the whole field is the red zone. As soon as he starts breaking tackles, making moves, cuts, he can score from anywhere. Etienne's explosiveness, you just see if he all he has to do is get to the second level and boom, he's gone. So um Okay, if you got to pick one in front of the other because uh, uh, at the end has the Giants and the Giants are playing aggressive, uh, a, a very, very aggressive defense. And on offense, they use Barkley to, to slow the game down when McCaffrey maybe has greater chance at more touches. And with McCaffrey on the field, the 49ers will play faster. They'll have more snaps. They'll have more plays. And uh, you Jeff Wilson players, don't give up on Jeff Wilson just because McCaffrey's there. McCaffrey's going to be uh, utilized as a slot receiver much of the time. He's going to take those, those carries away from Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to get to be the wide receiver that he wants to be and not have those burdens of playing running back. It's going to free up some things uh, in, in a fast game. It's going to free up some things for the tight end. It raises all boats, and it makes Garoppolo a very interesting uh, bi-week play when we really didn't see upside to Garoppolo. Everything here is looking rosy for the Niners and McCaffrey. And I, I got to say, to have a player – with this skill set to play on this stage now is pretty fascinating. It's it's really a it's really a gift to get him out of the Panthers' backfield. Yeah, totally. And and I think that you stumbled on something here. I think Texas Tech, Mike Leach at I think Mike Leach at Mississippi State right now. Anytime he's recruiting any offensive players, that packet that you send in the mail to that player, it should just be in big bold letters on the front: Mississippi State. The whole field is the red zone. Like I, I think I think you stumbled on some to something there, Farrell, for sure. Um, all right, what's up, guys? This is Eddie in Myrtle Beach. What's up, guys? Do I play George Pickens uh, Sunday night against the Finns? Otherwise, I'd be going with Alec Pierce at Tennessee. That's Eddie in Myrtle Beach. On this one, it's pretty close for me. Um, I don't, I Farrell, I know you like Pierce, and and I know Claypool had the big breakout. Um, and and I still don't, and I should have done this before the show. Do we know who is Trubisky starting or is Pickett still in concussion protocol? Because that might be the 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 thing that that tips it to in favor of Pickens if it is Pickett out there. Who knows? It's it's uh they'll string that along to the very, very end. Uh, I will point out to my established and senior host where I am honored to be called a co-host. I will point out to you that Claypool broke out in 2021. Then uh, I will also point out to you the fact that there's a, a plethora of talented wide receivers that, uh, that are available for whoever plays quarterback for Pittsburgh. And, uh, but we go over to Indianapolis and we look at a player that I'm very, very high on. Now, now we let Mo get away. I mean, his first time on the show, you know, and he's we, we let him get away. We call him Wandale sleeper, and that. But you know, Pierce could could maybe fit that role of, of sleeper even better. But he was the money player uh, that Ryan went to last week, and Ryan's getting running backs back. But here's the thing, Balky: the pass defense, the the very, very bottom pass defense in all of the NFLs, the Tennessee Titans at 32nd. Mm. And uh, Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times last week, and uh, yeah, let's let's keep let's keep a balance uh, with the offense and expect Pierce to do very very good things uh, against the Tennessee Titans, even coming off the bye week. I like Pierce and I like him a lot in this game. 
Yeah, that seems to be the prevailing thought in the in the YouTube chat. I, I know um, Stacy Press, former guest of this show, uh, she likes Pickens if Pickett is bat, and and uh, I know uh, the Dizzle likes uh, Pierce, and Hudson Kern Reeve likes Pierce. Bert Lawton, who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, he's the actually he doesn't cover him. He's the senior director for communications for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said not only did Kenny Pickett clear concussion protocol, but Pat Fryermuth did as well. So it sounds like both those guys are going to be going on Sunday night. And, um, you know, if that's the case, maybe you, you tip Pickens that way, but there's some, there's a lot of people who have won a lot of money who are saying Pierce here, uh, as well. Okay. Next email, Patrick and Omaha. Oh, this goes into what Hudson Kern Reeve is asking about earlier. Um, and we can expand this into a Dulcich conversation too. Would you start Greg Dulcich coming off his touchdown scoring debut this week against the Jets? I'm just not sure what to expect from Dalton Schultz at this point, even when he's home against the Lions. Thank you. Patrick in Omaha wants to know, Dulcich or Schultz this week, Farrell? Patrick, that's a good question. Dalton Schultz is going to be your start considering those two players. Our, our guest uh, talked about the problems at Denver. Those problems do continue. Now, that's coming from someone who had a lot of side eyes when he said Dulcich was the pick at tight end, not Uncle Albert at Denver. And and we created no uh, – we, we created no momentum for that, especially when Dolchus turned up injured and missed a lot of camp. But Greg Dolchus is a fantastic speed tight end, and it will become evident. Uh, but, look, he made a touchdown catch and a blown coverage. Uh, any tight end could have made that, and, and I'm proud for him that that, was his, uh, that that was his first game in the NFL and he had those catches. But he's uh, the, the learning curve is steep with what's going on in Denver. Uh, Schultz uh, – now, with Dak coming back and Schultz in the lineup and who they are playing, it is still the Detroit Lions. Tennessee has the has the worst pass defense, and if they didn't, Detroit would be knocking on their door. Mm. Let's put Schultz in the lineup. Okay, making making a strong point there. Uh, Hudson wanted to know: Is Dulcich a tight end one, tight end two, or a waiver wire guy in the FFPC? For me, he's a tight end two right now, but he's a guy you should be rostering. Yeah, I think so. And as uh, as the this offense continues to grow into itself, he's going to have a good role. He's going to be the one go to tight end when they've been, it's been a committee tight end. And I, I don't know what I don't know what all of us were seeing in Albert, but he wasn't active for the game. Um, and and uh, I'd like to. I'd like the professor to know that Dulce scored for me in one of my best ball leagues last week. Um, the professor also wants to know mm-hmm. uh, Foster Moreau for Darren Waller owners. Farrell is is uh-huh. that is that the guy you should be picking up? Of course, okay. uh, Foster Moreau is a very good pass catching tight end. Last year, when Waller missed a game, late additions to Moreau on Sunday morning that paid out beautifully, over twenty uh, fantasy points. Now uh, our Raiders. Uh, have problems with the slot receiver. Balky, you might have some updated information. The slot receiver's hurt, and there's some – I don't know if uh, the full practice uh, came in for our uh, Y receiver, uh, the uh, uh, my beloved uh, – uh, Balky, what's what's our Las other – Las Vegas receiver? Raiders. Yeah, Hollins, Mac Hollins. Oh, Mac Hollins, yes, Hollins. yeah. So um, th- th- those are the guys that uh, – uh, those are the guys that you want to look at on that roster. But Moreau is a, a if you've got problems at tight end, if, if you 
you know, if it had lined up where you could have played Moreau this past weekend, oh, man, that would have been a great start with all the injuries to the other teams. Um, Renfro officially, I haven't seen the actual result, but Josh McDaniels uh, said today that he was going to be practicing in full. Okay, good. Uh, Hunter Renfro was. So that, that's that's where we uh, stand on that. Um, the last one, quarterback question here, Steve in Roseville, Minnesota. Do I play Jared Goff in Big D or Trevor Lawrence hosting the G-Men? And I'll tell you that, by the way, thank you, Steve, and all the emailers, by the way. Um, I I, uh, I have rode the coattails of some pretty good Geno Smith and Jared Goff weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And they kept me warm when Dak mm-hmm. Prescott had left, right? Mm-hmm. But this week, I, I think I'm going to, as good as Goff has been to me, I think I'm going to play Lawrence against the Giants. Both <laughs> of these defenses are pretty good. But I like Lawrence's matchup a little bit better. Uh, you don't want to invite the Dallas Cowboys to play against Jared Goff this weekend. That's that's not that's not the matchup you want. And unless the Jags uh, are playing the 1985 Bears, and Balky informs me that they are playing the Giants, we'll stick. We'll we'll stick with Trevor Lawrence. And right. and and I know why he asked that question. It, it he thinks that maybe Goff can can run some numbers to, to, to fight, to get, I, I just don't see it, but yeah, Lawrence has been, it's either been feast or famine down there and perhaps against the giants, it becomes somewhat of a balance and you can get a good 20, 25 point game out of Lawrence. Uh, we always get uh, massive point performances mm-hmm. each and every week when the Kentucky fantasy football state championship commissioner, Farrell Elliott, uh, co-host the program with me. Uh, certainly great stuff from you again tonight, Kamish. Thank you, thank and you, thank sir. you again. And we will uh, be back 10-9 Central with you uh, next Friday, dude. Thanks so much. I'll see you then, Buck. KFFSC.com is where to go to check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. I want to thank tonight's guests. It, it was uh, awesome having Kenny White, uh, Mo Farunia, and Nick Vagey uh, on the show. I got his name wrong every single time tonight. Nick Vagey, Nick Vagey, Nick Vagey. Name to remember, maybe a $500,000 winner in the Football Guys Players Championship this year. I also want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for watching live, streaming it later, listening to it later. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back, as I said, next Friday at 10, 9 Central. The Road of His High Stakes Lowdown will be live on this channel right here, 10, 9 Central, on uh, Tuesday with the sixth-place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, guy who's chasing uh, Farunia and Veggie. It is uh, Jared Hines, a guy who's been on the this show and the HSLD before. 10-9 Central is when we'll have him on on Tuesday. In case you missed Ryan Santos' appearance um, on Rotoviz, uh, on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown this past Tuesday, make sure you're watching the video that's uh, conveniently located for you right on this YouTube channel or rotoviz.com slash podcast or anywhere you get podcasts. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show is on the Better Sports Network live on Wednesday night at 10-9 Central. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So much better when you watch it on the app. A uh, lot more participation angles for you, and you can win a lot of cool prizes when you have that fr- uh, app, which is free in the App Store and Google Play. Uh, yours truly and Draft Sharks, Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast co-host Adam Krautwurst will co-host that program with me 
from 10 until midnight on Wednesday. Don't forget to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 or 12 players by Sunday's kickoff. Only one player per NFL team, just like the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. You can play for 35 bucks or 200 bucks. a 30-team uh, contest, a 100-team contest. And don't forget that you can play in the 10-team $200 entry contest and play for a 2023 FFPC main event. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this. Uh, every time we have a video going on, it always, the more we improve this channel, the better off it is um, for all you players out there. So thank you so much for watching, everybody. And we will see you Tuesday night, 10, 9 Central, myself and Jared Hines. Be good, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, just a uh, special reminder. I know some people have their trick-or-treating going on tomorrow. I will be trick-or-treating with my kids um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, do not be the parent that lets your kid go up to the unmanned house that just has the bowl out there. And if it says take one or take two or whatever, don't let your kid be in the person that takes the whole bowl. So infuriating, so frustrating, and it's a good life lesson as well. Um, follow the rules and, uh, and, and make sure that uh, these kids have a – all kids – have a great trick-or-treating uh, Halloween season. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you on Tuesday night. Enjoy week seven and good luck in week seven. May the ball bounce your way.